0: Hello, just want to thank all the new fans who've recently liked our Facebook page. Um, I'll just go through them now. Thank you for the support. I've been trying to get a big drive, trying to get over that 100 like mark. Thanks to Thierry Balshaw, Cam Mantle, Timothy Burleson, Corey Pascal, Beano Cow, Hunter S. Gordon, Matthew Eldridge, Morgan Ward, and Kelly Hughes. Thank you for your support and enjoy the episode.
1: Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. good.
0: Mm. Sounds good. Hello, and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of seasons 1-12 throughout The Simpsons. I'm, of course, your host, Tim McRae. With me is um, the Lenny to my Carl, the oh. Lou to my Eddie, is Carl Reader. Carl, how are we?
1: I'm good, man. Good as always. Ready to talk some Simpsons.
0: The episode we're going to be reviewing today is uh, The Front from season 4, episode 9. Directed by Rich Moore, written by Adam I. Lapidus, with the original air date being April the fifteenth, nineteen ninety-three, and the couch gag being the um, the big circus one with the kick line and the bears on the little cycles and the elephants on the beach balls. And I will say, from outside the bat, cow, um, a little inside knowledge. Whenever they use that, they always use that intro to um, you know fill out the episode a bit. And I feel the theme of this episode is. Um, you know, filling for time or, you know, like I've got a lot of um, ups and downs this episode, Cal. I don't know about you as well as your initial thoughts with this.
1: Well, that was a good point what you just brought out with with the title sequence because, you know, before we did this podcast, I watched a lot of Simpsons growing up and all that stuff. And it was only really like, I don't know if it's if it's the same in later ones. Obviously, the couch gags are always really famous. But I assumed sometimes they'd, they'd repeat them. And it was only doing this podcast where I realized they do usually make a new one each time. It's very rare that it's it's the same one. But that that circus one, I clearly remember. And like you said, it's obviously just to drag the episode out of it. Um, this episode itself, it's um, it, I, I I I remember it growing up quite a bit. Um, there's a bit, the bit what kind of is is really prominent in my mind where I remember where I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. This fucking scene is when they're walking down the corridor, and and it's the animations looping. And I thought yeah, I, it's the
0: great animation joke.
1: And I think that's one of my like first instances of when I was younger, where I kind of realised like a fourth wall gag kind of thing. There's, so, and there's quite a few. There's a lot more in this than I initially remember. Remember.
0: Oh yeah, Is lampooning making a TV show in animation style? And when I was like doing research and rewatching it again, I was scrolling through the. YouTube bar looking to skip a bit and if you go across the bit where they're through the corridor they're just stationary and it just looks really odd when you're panning across it's really surreal looking but um, for myself um, I'll be honest with you, I can never remember this episode it always seems a bit forgettable because it's not like it's a punny title it's got a character's name in it, it's just the front and when you think it's an episode about cartoons and animation, I don't
1: think of this one. I, like, I remember it. It's not one what kind of stands Doesn't out. does stick out. No. But there's bits where and I think there's, there's other episodes as well. Um, I think it's the one where Bart gets like the big brother thing where they kind of rip into uh, Ren and Stimpy a bit more and I don't really know why. I'm just trying to look it up because you do rip into it a bit going forward. I know Ren and Stimpy had issues with production kept on getting banned and stuff
0: with this one i think um well we will get into the not problems we will get into the issues of this episode with um you know stretching for time and uh, again doing my research and that the producers behind this episode uh, agreed like they used every gimmick in the bag every trick in the book to pad this out to uh 22 minutes or so here
1: yeah Uh, i think it is very much on its nose though if you think about it with the padding for time and, and all stuff it's, it's it get it, it's we're, we're firmly in the bit where it kind of it, it looks for a concept to try and use more than anything um obviously the kids take precedence in the in the A story rather than the B which is a bit nice change more than anything
0: we open up with of the Clown and he's got his own little segment there he's cooking and I will say off the bat I appreciate this joke because um as a fan of all things behind the scenes, whether that's celebrity or wrestling or football, it's good to see them like acknowledge Crusty's um, sort of faith, but the fact he's so ashamed with it. This reminds me a lot of, like um, I don't know, closet footballers or actors that are in that one film they don't like, but, you know, hey, I don't bring that shit up on the air. I don't do the Jewish stuff on the air. Crossy <laughs> ends up cutting to an Itching Scratch episode, and uh, it's not one of their better ones, really. They're just hitting each other with mallets and laughing, but Bart's remaining faithful. Lisa isn't so much, you know. It's building to something, but then just ends with them saying no. Kids say no to drugs in a very sort of 80s uh, Grange Hill kind of way. But um, yeah, the kids aren't too happy with this, so they get influenced to try and create their own cartoons. Like they're not even sure that cartoons have writers. I do like that sort of subtle sort of gag there. But yeah, they're, they're then spurned to create their own. Um, to recreate their own to create their own scripts what do you think of this opening then cal uh
1: it's it, it's interesting because they have obviously they have the joke of like cotton right uh cartons have writers and it's like yeah, nah, nah. and right i think it is a writer what comes up on in the credits during that time which is very on the nose with with simpsons and was also joking uh in future armor i think i believe uh where they go oh an executive producer what do they do they don't really do anything and you know, it comes up with an executive producer Matt Groening, um, it, it's kind of like everyone I don't, obviously we come from kind of like a writing background as well like what what kind of wanted you to get into writing
0: I I was and still I'm a massive fan of sitcoms and um generally just writing stuff for a half hour TV so I was always spurned on by that Um, so oh god you name it Phoenix Nights, Peep Show Father Ted I always wanted to do that and I always wanted to make something funny and something that can be revered and uh yeah i'm still hoping to do that folks i've had tiny crumbs of work for theater and a bit of tv but i'm hoping to push on with that what about yourself
1: um with myself i've always kind of wanted to go a bit into like animation myself so just um making things more kind of like like courage the Cowardly dog kind of things stuff what I'm kind of creepy and, and but <laughs> horrific like, comedy horror kind of, for kids kind of thing, because I don't, I think there's kind of, like, a sass of, of these things in, in, especially for kids, I also, I don't really watch kids' TV anymore. Um, but that's what it is, and it's, it's kind of, you know, when I was younger, I used to write sketches, I used to have, like, a YouTube channel, which please don't try and find. Um, it's still very alive, but I'm not telling you the, the name, because it's very, it's Pre-Enduring it's Puberty cow. So you may hear, (laughs) so my voice is terrible, and you can hear more of my lisp. But I think we've all had a stage where we're just like, that's terrible. I could could fucking write a better thing than that.
0: Meanwhile, um, when the B-plot starts, it's uh, Marge getting all the letters together, and she notices a high school reunion, for class of 74. But Homer didn't get one. So it's time for Homer to confess his his deep, dark secret. You know, he was the one eating those uh, little soaps, and... This has got to be one of the best jokes in the whole episode, and it's right off the bat. And Marge's big reaction: "Oh my god! No, the other thing, you know, um, I never, I never graduated high school. That doesn't explain why you ate all those bath soaps. Oh no, wait, maybe it did.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is a classic joke. I remember. I, I think it did. Stupid to take me a couple of years to realise that I did. I did succeed in school, just say. Mm-hmm. But um, no. It's, it's the little, little bits like this, little digs at Homer, which kind of bring a mediocre episode up in my eyes. An invitation
0: to our high school reunion! Gee, that's odd. They didn't send one to you.
1: This is it, Homer. It's time to tell her the terrible secret from your past. Marge, I ate those fancy soaps you bought for the bathroom. Oh, my God! No, the other secret. Marge, I never graduated from high school.
0: Well, that still doesn't explain why you ate my soap. Wait,
1: maybe it does.
0: The kids are busy brainstorming there, writing on the typewriter there and they're just, um they're trying to punch up. They're trying to get the most out of their little script here. And Lisa uh goes with a sort of barbershop setting after they see uh Homer cut off Marjorie's hair. So they think, um, I oh, will cut his head off and then we'll have him dance the cucaracha around his um spine. But but, you know, that's too predictable, that's too uh Too cookie cutter. I will say, um, I do see maybe not animation flourishes, but I really enjoy the design. On, um, we'll get to it later when Homer's trying to pass high school again. But you know, the detail on the Bunsen banner and the flame, I really enjoy, um, Bart's little twiddling of the rubber band showing like oh, trying to get his creative juices flowing. You know, it's too predictable. What can we do here? I really enjoyed this.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think.
0: It's very real.
1: It is, yeah, and it, it kind of it's more when the Simpsons kind of cared about the animation. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot more fluid. It's not to the point where it's all computerized and you know you can see the emotion on on, on the face faces. You can see every individual ant. And...
0: So Bart ends up uh, punching up the script by having it um, whacking barbecue sauce on Scratchy's head, and then having live ants eat it, and then kicking him up to heaven where Elvis of all people, ends up shooting him through the TV, thinking it's a TV show, and killing Scratchy. The kids are trying to decide whose name to put on through rock, paper, scissors, ends up being uh, Lisa's name first, and so they end up sending it off to Roger Myers Sr. Now, this is the first main issue where this starts to go, where it goes down in my estimations, Cal, because they don't get Alex Rocco to do Roger Myers. Alex Rocco's a in fact, when we reviewed Itching, and Scratchy in and March, um, they managed to get him in. He's a godfather actor, a typecast actor. And it's a shame they just couldn't get him for this. They have um Hank do is just sort of a general big body voice, but it's just not the same. And he has so many lines you'd think they'd uh, bring him back.
1: Yeah, it is it's a bit of, I think it's quite a good impression though, to be fair. It's it, it, you know, there's there's other there's other, um returning cast members that I don't think Hardy Sif is played by... No, that's Dan, uh, Dan Castellaneta, yeah. But is that before or after he's been introduced?
0: No, this is after. Yeah. Again, I was going to get to it, but I guess we'll get to it now. It's a shame they don't have these uh, recurring guest stars in for their one or two lines here. It's just, I just felt it was missing that oomph that was in there. Roger Myers is busy reading through the scripts anyway and um, he's chucking out a Harvard writer here, which is very ironic seeing as how about 80% of the Simpsons golden era writers were all from Harvard and all worked on the same, um, I believe, uh, college newspaper. So, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know, folks, which is uh, true as ever here.
1: Throws a fucking sign at his head.
0: <laughs> Roger Myers comes across um, a script, and it's, uh, you know, Barton and Lisa's. And he can't even be bothered to read it, just gives him a bad uh, letter of rejection there. So, this gets back to Barton Lisa. And they realise, we need to put a more mature name on it. So they go to Grandpa. And um, this is very early season material for Grandpa, him at the typewriter, which I suppose you'd just sort of use Twitter now for all your crackpot and right-wing analogies here. They end up meeting Grandpa, and they just want to borrow his name. They're curious. So this is where we find out... I believe this is where we find out his name is... uh, His first name's Abraham Simpson by whipping off his kecks there.
1: It's not. It's the second time it's been oh what named. was the first one uh give me a yeah. second i
0: feel like it might be um the episode where he gets you know be his girlfriend uh, the
1: second time grandpa's first name abraham is mentioned the first time is the simpsons old money which is the dating one i believe yeah which...
0: that's the one with b yeah. okay so they end up using um abe's name the kids do and it gets a chuckle and you know roger Myers actually ends up reading it and you know the guy comes back in and he chucks another um that's the thing as well, Carl. I wasn't happy with them recycling animation like two minutes before seeing the yeah. first initial bit of animation. That was just lazy.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Because um, obviously this is pre the joke about it, but I kind of noticed that as well because why would you still be holding new scripts? Hey,
0: Egghead, sing Fair Harvard. Fair Harvard, I... Th- <laughs> you, sir, have the boorish manners of a Yaley. Here's a witty rejoinder for you. No. <laughs> Sir, you locked my office and I wanted to get my Harvard mug Shut up oh. But Roger gets Abraham and he ends up getting his secretary to call him and he's just, Grandpa's just really out of it in this episode, even picking up phones like, bah. um, and he's got a cheque for $200 or $800 for Abe Simpson here, you know Oh, you sound like a crazy person. No, it's really addressing you. That's right, I did the Iggy. I'm gonna go to a uh, yeah, the second up.
1: Yeah, it's funny how you said two hundred dollars because for some reason when I was rewatching it, I remember it being two hundred dollars as well. But it doesn't it, it doesn't actually state how much the initial check is. It some um, later it says it's eight hundred quid.
0: So we're back to the B plot now, and Homer's busy reading the old. Uh... College diary, the graduation book, bless him. He's not done anything with his life. There's no hope, or ambitions, activities. He just can't believe he ate the whole thing. Which I've seen a lot on Tumblr and read it with like um, you know, final speeches for high school and, you know, graduation captions. How do we do folks? Do you enjoy Simpsons podcast as much as this one you're listening to right here? Then go check out our friends at the four one one folks Simpsons podcast. They review the Simpsons, uh, chronologically, seasons one to God knows whatever season they're on now. Um, with jokes, japes, accents, and a whole load of fun as well. So that's the 411 folks at Facebook. Also, if you haven't checked our podcast out, go to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, a British Simpsons podcast, and the same on our SoundCloud as well, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback. Now back to your regularly scheduled listening. But home is ready to go, you know, it'd be good to see the whole gang, you know, Ralphie, Mart, the Farns, you know, even though it was happy days. But no, they weren't all happy days. I, I I feel like that's a quote people need to start using more in the Simpsons lingo, all these fans, you know, like oh, you know, I remember the old gang, you know uh, Sweet D, Mac, Charlie, that's always sunny. No, it wasn't always sunny. They end up going to the reunion of, in reunion of 74 and we get to see uh, Principal Dondlinger in the present, you know, pre-flashback uh, uh, pre-flashback in the way we was and, you know, Marge being there, but the, brilliant woman she is you know radiant nothing bad to say about her but he um misdescribes homer as a vagrant as a homeless person you know sorry sir we're not letting you sleep here but we will have some scraps by the door oh it's you simpson god (laughs) just the constant narrative of marge could have and should have done better yeah it's funny but painful
1: see i remember walking once round town and I had like a scruffy coat on I love this coat I had it for many many years but it was very tatty and I should have got rid of it about two years before I actually did and I grew I was trying to grow my hair out despite the fact that I'm balding um I did not it wasn't a good look and I remember walking under this in the past and seeing this homeless person and rather than him asking me for change or anything like that I was like oh you're right mate and I felt I've never felt more ashamed in my life <laughs> I was just like, no, you can have a change, it's fine. I'm not actually homeless.
0: They're busy in the reunion and they start off with, you know, the class clown giving away the awards, doing these um terrible dated impressions. I felt this very much because I've had one of those friends and I'm sure I've been one of those friends where it's like, oh, look at this one reference I can do and I'm going to do it multiple, multiple times and not get the hint.
1: I have I love comedy. I, uh, comedy is... One of the things that I wanted to originally go into was stand-up comedy, Um, but I I need to kind of tailor a few things before I even consider it, but one of the things, even as a young child, I never found funny were impressions, it's, I've I've just, I've never got the point of them, it's like you can do an okay impression of Michael Caine, ordering a sandwich, cool, like, where's the actual joke, that's... That's the concept, There's no, it's not funny. I don't find Saturday Night Live funny either, I think it's horrific. And people just, because it's all just sh- bad impressions of people. Um, it's like, yeah.
0: The Class Clown gives away all these awards. and ho- They're not even good awards, they're very uh, degrading, but Homer doesn't care. He's racking them up there, you know, smelliest, most obese, least uh, amount of miles travelled to get here. But, you know, Dunderlinger gives him the breaking news that Homer never passed Remedial Science 1, therefore never passed in high school. So he gets humiliated. All the awards get taken away. But Homer strives to pass high school and get his most improved Oda o- trophy back. That's the main goal, folks. That's the main goal.
1: Are you curious? Because this episode got me curious of what my record would say about me. Did you, are you? Have you never been, like, curious or anything like that? I remember being in college... Before we went to university um the tutor had to write like a like a like a statement kind of thing about them wanting to go to university and i was like can i read it she's like no of course you can't read it i was like it, 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 it's about me right like, why can't i read it it's just i don't know it's, the opinion is what my che- teachers thought about me permanent record Isn't a public- not with the,
0: not with the teachers but um Thankfully, grown out of it now. But it was, I was always very much um what other people thought of me, and maybe what other um people I was trying to be friends with. Who didn't want to be my friend? I really cared what they thought. When I was like going into fifteen, sixteen, about to leave school. But 20, thankfully, I've, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, come on, guys, <laughs> please. But we end up seeing their um, cartoon made right in front of their own eyes, and you know they're very satisfied. They're good. They've got the stuff on TV. They're well happy. And with that, um, Grandpa answers the door. Grandpa comes to the door, Homer answers it. You know, he's looking pimping. I appreciate this um,
1: late 40s swag on him. It's kind of funny where it's just like, oh, you're uh... a... <laughs> they pay me $800 a week to, make, to tell a cat and a dog to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Da-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la."> <laughs> it's,
0: not, it's not even the most flattering... Um, depiction of it it's just like nut house and a yeah. massive warehouse
1: <laughs> he, just, he just rings the bell and runs away
0: so Bart and Lisa end up telling uh, Gramps what exactly happened and he had no clue but he's happy to take the money so um they end up agreeing on it but um Gramps just wants to get back to napping now I was sort of cut away in this family guy as this joke is I do like a mad grandpa joke you know and furthermore pushing the fact that you know he's into his uh cross-dressing, and he's into his um, drag racing. I appreciate that, Gramps. Boys, stop! You can both marry me. He's looking very demure.
1: Yeah, I remember this bit as well. Grandpa's a very underused character, and when he's wrote well, he's probably one of the runaway characters in the actual episode, but a lot of time, they kind of just use him as being a senile, crazy old man, but like they're writing well this episode oh why didn't you wake me I was having the nicest dream I dreamt I was the queen of the old west I kept a six shooter in my carter I did do we have a deal sure sure <laughs> Boy, stop you can both marry me <gasps>
0: Abe ends up meeting Roger Myers, and he brings him into the writer's office, which I'm very positive I can recognise a few of them. They've like actually animated the um, producers into this um, dingy writer's room, and that dinginess is actually pretty much what the Simpsons writing rooms looked like, including like um, caramel stuck on the floor, pizza in the floorboards, and that. And I think I can pick out John Swartzwelder. Uh, Al Jean a few others did you pick any of that up Cal?
1: yeah there's a guy with a long hair and a mustache I recognise as well um, also the guy I've just been reading uh, the trivia uh, the guy Roger Meyer fires a Harvard alumnus who resembles series writer John Vitti
0: ah uh, yeah who would go on to um work on King of the Hill uh, he's had bits in Rick and Morty and he's also done the Angry Birds movie as well Roger Myers sort of scolds the writers in front of Abe you know he's got what all of you guys couldn't get you know life experience. Tell him something good, Abe. Eh? Oh, I worked 40 years as a night watchman at a cranberry silo. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> just poor grand, poor granddad, just, you know, nothing's ever worked for me. He's just had this pointless, boring life, but, you know, it's so fat, it's name for the generation after him.
1: Yeah, agreed. I think it it kind of lead, leads on the fact of like, right, grandpa just doing bullshit jobs and just bullshitting all the time about everything what he's done. And it's just like, well, Did he actually work 40 years in a a cranberry farm? In the meantime, Homer's
0: trying to pass um, high school again, so Dundong is teaching uh, Science Remedial 101. You know, uh, doing this would help him get over the sad passing of his wife.
1: Welcome to Remedial Science 1A. My uh, wife recently passed away. I thought teaching might ease my loneliness. Will this be on the test? No! Oh.
0: Now this was... I feel like it might be yours as well. This was my absolute line of the show, Cal.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I'm going to keep my, my line of the episode.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Well, for me, it's just um, the fact Homer calls him out on it and he actually gives him a response and then you cut to the his first bit of paper in his new scrapbook and it's just dead wife, <laughs> big block apples. Oh, I've got to rub this out now. But we end up seeing um, Barton Lisa's second ever episode, and it's all about, uh, you know, Farrah's murder, itching Scratchy, which he um, know scratches feet onto the escalator, gets shredded up, he has to buy his own fur coat back from a snooty store, and then gets beat up by protesters. And this goes down reasonably well, and they're still um, succeeding, as for now. But then we cut back to a uh, home uh-huh learning, and this is the donut scene I was talking about folks. Look at the detail on this Bunsen burner and the flame, it's just... It's, it's just amazing. It's very crisp, folks. And, I mean, the joke along with it as well that Homer's got this amazing attachment and dependency on donuts. And the greatest touch ever is just this random fella sat next to him feeling like he's controls. got a comforting. This is not happening.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is... This, this The pure sadness on his face.
0: But the production's going along so well that Roger Myers has sacked the whole lot of the writers' room and is just relying on Abe now. But it seems to work because they've got themselves a... Award nomination here with guest star Brooke Shields, by the way, folks. Um, not the most notable guest star, but she does what she got told to do, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think it's just because she was she was a lot bigger in the '90s than she is now. Like, she's not really. Big. I think she's in like one or two series, um, but she's she was a lot she was a lot bigger a star in, in in the '90s, and I think that's what kind of. Slightly dates it slightly. Um, when it comes to the uh the she's annoying she's scratchy fucking what's it called Ren and, Stim- Ren and Stimpy. When it comes to the Ren and Stimpy uh issue, I've found out the reason why is because at the annual uh, Cartoon Awards the clip. Uh, for the nominated Ren Simpy show is merely a black screen with a text saying clip not done yet. This is a counterattack against John uh who had attacked Simpson's staff by saying that the show succeeded despite the writing and simili- uh, s- similarly derogative comments.
0: <sighs> well, the joke's on John K now because he's now a convicted paedophile. Is he? Y- yep. Seriously, have a look at John K um, argations um, I won't say any more, folks, but um, yeah, the... Me Too got him, the cancer culture got him in the best uh, way possible. I will say, I like this, um, not even back and forth, but just Crusty giving out at the poor. Again, this um, It's a. This is an episode about writing and animation, and Krusty gives out about the writing that's been given to him. Oh, it's terrible. I got nothing to work with. And then he just storms off. I love celebrity freak-outs and storm-outs. don't know about you, I love watching compilations in my downtime.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, there's nothing better, I think. It's the best. The best thing about Krusty is he's been famous for Christ knows how long, um, and it <laughs> he's like the fact that he thinks he's a lot more famous than he actually is. It's this is hilarious.
0: They end up showing a few cartoons here, and then they show um, Grandpa's um, well, what he thinks is a uh, his cartoon, but then when he sees it, he's horrified and. You get this nice little blur out and then it zooms in on his face, very expressive face. Now, if this isn't a specific reference, car, I feel like this is a very sort of thriller trope in a movie. Like you see the someone who's responsible for their actions finally or see the wrongs of what they've been doing. I really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think it's just funny that he kind of, Finally realizes and just shock on his face, and he, it's a sobering moment where it's just like, uh, "You guys, you guys are fucked, man!" Like Grandpa ends up
0: winning the award, but he denounces it, saying it's filth, and you know, it's I'm ashamed of this, and you should all be too. And everyone sort of riots and that, and the writers themselves um on each scratch say they've been wasting their lives, and one writer is saying, "You know, I'm going to do what I always wanted. I'm going to write the sitcom about the sassy robot." Which precursors Futurama? It has to, surely.
1: I saw something about this. It's a cartoon writer for the itching and Scratch show expresses frustration. The show says he wants to start a sitcom with about a sassy robot. Six years later, Matt Groening and co. made Futurama main character, which being Bendy, uh, Bendy, Bender, a sassy robot.
0: There we go. Boom. I knew it. But there's all those little um, references and prerequisites and prelims to greater episodes, like Again, with the brief interaction of Artie Ziff at the high school reunion folks, him saying, you know, Oh, I trade everything for a night with your wife that ended up being a season thirteen episode. And they had these little nuggets come out in this one episode, Cal. So as much as I think it's I'll say what I will at the end, but as much as I think it's a sort of a meandering episode, it birthed so many greater episodes. So I appreciate it for that.
1: Yeah, that's also um filming it, uh Instinct or something like that. Basic, instinct, basic yeah. Is, that's it, it. is it basic
0: or oh, indecent pro- indecent proposal sorry that's the one it, it,
1: it's a good example of an episode where concepts of it were used in later episodes and I think that's what really the only memorable thing about it
0: and now um because the show's starting to I tell you what Cal, it's really sped through this episode I feel the first act was like five minutes the second act was seven then the other was five. So when you see Homer come through and just say, oh, look, Marge have passed. Like I thought, oh, is there not a, I thought there'd be a joke into how we got it. But then we just seem to get the, what we think is the ending folks with them having like a 50 year anniversary and Homer seen Dunderlinger in his seventies with a plunger on his head. But, oh no, folks, we've, um, we've got a fake out. We have to fill in the 30 seconds, a minute left. So, um. We've got The Adventures of Ned Flanders.
1: Hens love roosters, geese love ganders, everyone else loves Ned Flanders.
0: Not me. Everyone who counts loves Ned Flanders.
1: <laughs> Knock that off, you two. It's time for church.
0: We're not going to church today.
1: <gasps> what? You give me one good reason.
0: It's Saturday. don't dokley doo Hens love roosters, love ganders, everyone else loves That's it, folks, pretty much. I do, I will say, I like it ended on that but I don't know, it's just the fact that they ran out of time and they didn't give us a proper ending to that. I don't know how I feel about the ending, Cal.
1: Yeah, it's very forced, in it. it? Um, obviously, it's as as you posted on the Facebook, give us a follow. Um, it inspired the Pulp fiction one, I right? Yeah, this yeah.
0: inspired 22 films about Short Springfield, you're right.
1: Yeah, this episode in itself, um, it's good, it's not memorable at all, it's a very, it, it's kind of a filler, it's not even a filler episode, because the citizens don't really have an ongoing plot, um, but it just, it's okay, it, it had a few laughs, it's something, it's not memorable whatsoever, um, there's not really any memorable jokes about it, other than I guess the Ned Flanders thing, which, as he said, is just filler for to, to fill the airtime more than anything. Um, what I'm gonna rate it probably. I, I don't want to give it a two, but I don't really want to give it a three. Two point five. Uh, Homer's trophies.
0: Hmm. Well, for me, um. This is a middle-of-the-road episode in what is otherwise a great season here. Um, I feel like it's a bit, uh, leaves it on a sort of a damp end there. It does feel very speedy and padded out, as was admitted by the writers itself. I'm quite disappointed they couldn't get the original voice actors involved and the padding out of scenes and <clears throat> everything else found just a little bit disappointing, Cal. It's fairly forgettable, but there's still little little glimpses here so i can't say it's completely uh horrible so i think i'm gonna have to match you i think you read my mind here i'm gonna go two and a half out of five um crazy coot typewriters and now this is the part where we look into the future folks and we have a little spin of our random episode generator and see what pops up next cal if you please do the sound effect Time to take the spruce moose and go all in and try to cash out at Mr Burns' Casino as we go to Season five's Springfield or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Gambling. Check out our Facebook page, that's Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, a Simpsons podcast, also the same as our SoundCloud. Uh, Check out Uncle Mo's Family Feedback again. Um, We've been doing quite well, Cal. We've been getting quite a few likes over the past two weeks or so. We're nearly hitting the hundred, uh, nearly hitting the one hundred likes mark, folks. And um, I'm going to be giving a little special something away um, whenever we hit that. So please give it a like, folks.
1: Yeah, please do. If I unlike and like it, do I get the 100th whatever gift thing?
0: You're very capable. You are part of the page, Cal. All right. And with that, we will see you next time, folks. Take care. Bye.
1: Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Good, good, good. Mmm, sounds good.